You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Do you believe in miracles? Debbie Mulvaney married to Mike Mulvaney 50 years. My faith has been increased. (laughs) Yeah, praise the Lord. So bringing children to Jesus, sound like a good idea? Mm -hmm. Dwight L. Moody was out preaching, gone out in the streets of Chicago and had been preaching and preaching and preaching and, and, uh, he came home and his wife said, well, how did it go tonight? How, how, how was the response? And he said, well, two and a half came to the Lord. Two and a half salvation. Good. She said, oh, good. Two adults and one child. Two and a half. And he said, no. Two children and one adult. The adult had already lived half its life. The children are the ones that get the full count. And, you know, there's, there's a sense in which that kind of changes the paradigm, the frame of reference of how we look at kids. So oftentimes, you know, kids in, in so many different cultures are not really seen as treasures. They're seen as necessary entities to be seen and not heard. Or some think to not even be seen. To, to just stay off into the shadows, to take a, a, a secondary place. But we're going to find out that's not the heart of the king. That's not the heart of his kingdom. And as he is in the Gospel of Mark, releasing the kingdom of God into the earth, it's constantly going counter to the ways in which they had operated for years and years and years. You know, last week we looked at divorce. And is it lawful, was the question, for a man to divorce his wife, to put her away. And so Jesus appealed to Moses, and he went through there because he knew how they were thinking. And he, he brought a kingdom understanding. It's because of the hardness of the human heart that Moses allowed divorce. But it was never God's intention. It was never You don't find it at the creation. And so here, that just radically rocked their world because every male Jew thought it was his prerogative to divorce his wife if he found something displeasing in her. And so he just undercut their whole system of thinking. And now we have the little children that are coming to Jesus. The people are bringing them in, in, in the NIV. The Passion Translation says, and the parents were bringing the children. We know that the children, and here it's the little children, and we'll look at that even a little more uh, specifically. If you've watched Star Wars, you've heard Padawan. And this is, this is where that word comes from. It's the younger, it's the younger one that's being trained and brought up. Probably under 12 years old. So let the little children come to me. 
So let's look at the passage today. It's short, just a few verses. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Amen. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to clear our understanding, remove stuff out of our hearts that would in any way hinder us from hearing the truth of the gospel spoken through this gospel of Mark. So let us have ears to hear what you're saying to the church in Jesus' name. Amen. Bringing little children to Jesus. That's a good thing. That's always a good thing. Always bring the little children to Jesus. You know, we, we usually project upon Jesus some measure of ourself. We think that, you know, he's probably like us because, you know, and it's like, oh, we're so important. Let us speak to the big people. Let us speak to the movers and the shakers. Let Jesus get his message out to those that can make a difference now. <laughs> and we, we forget that we're serving a God who's not bound by time and space. He's not worried about the immediacy of this exact moment because he's been here and done that and he's got the t-shirt, he's gone on, he's out infinity, <laughs> eternity in front of us and eternity past, he's there. And it's like, huh. But oftentimes we think, Jesus, we've got a lot of people who wanna see you today. We can't let these little ones get in the way. Let's push them off to the side. But Jesus had these people bringing them because they wanted him to touch them. Anybody want to be touched by Jesus today? Mm-hmm. Sign us up. And they were bringing the little ones because they, they had observed how Jesus, the impact of his touch on adults, they wanted to bring their children. They didn't want the children to miss what the full effect of Jesus' touch was on the earth. But what happens? The disciple sees it, and he begins to rebuke them. One translation says, and, and they were scolding them. They just said, no, 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 no. Send them to the nursery. Get them out of here. They're making too much noise. Their flags are disturbing me. Not. Here, here, Jesus, we, we see something of the heart of the Father, that he's all-inclusive. I don't know who you have that you exclude in your heart, but if you have any ethnicity, any age group, any part of exclusion in your heart, you don't have the heart of Jesus. Jesus' heart is all-inclusive. The little ones... The young, the adults, the senior citizens, 
Mm. All-inclusive in the heart of Jesus. So Jesus, <laughs> he's pretty upset about that. When Jesus sees the disciples rebuking them, he was indignant. Huh. He was not pleased at all. Matter of fact, he was grieved. You know, there's, there's a few places in the scripture that when Jesus is thinking that his disciples should be understanding something about him by now, he gets really agitated. How long will I be with you guys? How long is it going to take before you start connecting the, dot, the dots? And here, their exclusion, especially of the children, do you not remember in chapter 9? He just said, if you offend a little one like this, if you cause a little one to lose faith in me, if you cause a little one to sin, it's better that you hang a millstone around your neck and be tossed in the sea. It kind of shows you that children really, really are important to Jesus. And here the disciples are still not connecting the dots. And Jesus, in his indignation, he has to speak. And so he speaks to them. The counterculture of the kingdom of God to the natural culture of the earth, whatever country you're in, you'll always find that the kingdom will move in a different realm. And he says, let the children come. Let them come to me. Jesus is a full, equal opportunity receiver. If you want to come to Jesus, it doesn't matter how much sin is in your life. It doesn't matter what your track record has been. It doesn't matter what is going on in your life. If you want to come to Jesus, it's always the appropriate time to come to him. He says, do not hinder them. And I already spoke of that. You know, if you hinder one like that, put a millstone around your neck, go drown yourself. Now, don't do that. But that's, that's the hyperbole of showing how ridiculous that you could ever think that it was in the heart of God to reject children. Never. He says, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. These, these little ones that the, the people are bringing to him to have blessed. He says, this is what the kingdom's made up of. And we know that. We know that we need the children to come to Jesus. Compassion International had a statistic of when people come to Christ. And it was like 80% of all Christians came to Jesus before the age of 12. Whoa. Now stop, Linda had us go back, or Gloria, I mean, during worship, going back to the, the time of our initial salvation experience. When we probably were overwhelmed, I was like her, I was overcome by my, my sin, my, you know, all the things that I've done wrong, and I was repenting, and I was crying, and then his peace and his love came in, and my experience was very similar to Gloria's, and it was just amazing. How old were you? when that happened. 
I was nine years old when I came to Jesus the very first time. I updated that experience many, many times, but it's, it's interesting how valuable it is for our children to hear about Jesus, to be brought to Jesus, not just to have knowledge in their head about who Jesus was, but to have an experience, an encounter with Jesus where their sins are forgiven. How old do you have to be before you know that you've done things wrong? Not very old, not very old. It's amazing how, how that, that nature will, will manifest itself and you know that something's wrong. You were naughty. Anybody ever been naughty? If you're nice, that's one thing, but if you're naughty, that's another. And it's almost like it's uh, a gender thing. If you're a girl, you're nice. If you're a boy, you're naughty. No. Our awareness that we've fallen short of what God created us is even in the child. And uh, we need to, to come to, to the Lord. Why? Anyone who receives the kingdom of God like a little child is the one who enters it. If you don't, you won't. Child evangelism, having little backyard clubs, leading kids in the neighborhood to Christ, amazing programs. Deb and I are sponsoring a little gal named Christina, a little Hispanic gal through Compassion International. You know, it's like if you've, never, if you've never done something like that, you need to look into it and see what kind of eternal relationship can get a start, can get started in, in your sponsorship of a child someplace else in the world. Accepting it. One of the things about children that I love is if I had a gift and I had a child here and I wanted to give the gift to the child, they'd receive it. Yeah. Have you ever seen a kid have a present and you went to give it and they said, no, 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 no. Can't, can't, can't receive that. But how many adults say, oh, oh no. And sometimes it's very complex behind why a, an adult won't receive a gift. Sometimes it's because they don't want to be indebted to you. They don't want to receive something because they have some kind of uh, work ethic that says if, if I haven't earned it, I don't deserve it. So I gotta earn it. And if I don't earn it, no, I, I won't receive it. And here Jesus is saying, we have to, as adults, put away some of the complexity of our own brokenness and woundedness and, and our own value system and bring it into submission to his value system and just say, the only way I can enter the kingdom is simply by receiving it. Yes. It's a gift that's extended to me. I can't earn it, I can't work for it. We've got a lot of religions that are out there and they're hitting house to house because they're hoping that they will do enough good works so that they can get into heaven. And it's like, no, it's not about that. It's as you receive the gift, the gift is the one that transforms you 
And as you receive the gift and begin that relationship with the Lord Jesus, that everything shifts in your life. And it's out of relationship you understand what your purpose, what your calling, what you're supposed to be doing comes out and comes into focus as we receive the kingdom. We receive the kingdom. The king takes up reign and rule in our hearts. And then we see he releases his, his authority and his power through us to, to do the kingdom activity. I think that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult for us to, to walk in things of kingdom nature because we haven't received the kingdom as a child. And so we will study and analyze prophecy and miracles and we'll look at faith and we'll try to break it down and, and get to where we can comprehend it instead of as a little child just receive it and let it flow through us. Things of the kingdom get clogged up in our adultness. And within the childlikeness, it's able to flow so beautifully. So Jesus takes up the children. He gathers them in his arms. He embraced the kids. I love that. Would you like to be embraced by Jesus today? Well, ask the adultness of you to step aside and the childlikeness of you say, yeah, I'd love to have a hug from Jesus. And he put his hands on them. Mm. And this is a putting on of the hand, not of an abusive parent. This is the putting on of the hands of one that shepherds and loves and is filled with compassion for the little ones. And he blesses them. I wish somebody would have gone into a little more detail on how Jesus blessed them. He blessed them. But could you give us a few more details? How did you actually do that? Did you, did you, what's the words that you used? You know, we, we've got the number six, uh, 26, seven, whatever, uh, where the Lord says, put this blessing on the, on the Israelites. Just amazing. Bob and Ray minister that so beautifully, and they ministered it to us here. And it, it's a blessing. It's, it's something that comes from a heaven that flows through and touches another. And we just become a, a channel. We just become a, a conduit of his love and his grace and his blessing. And that's why when you bless someone and you, you're walking with the Lord, you never know the impact that it's gonna have on another person. If they're childlike, they just receive, and it's just like, man, the kingdom just flows. Sometimes they might not be childlike, but in the releasing of the blessing, all the different ways in which the enemy is trying to harm that person gets disassembled, and instead, there's a channel of God's love that, that penetrates and protects. The way he blesses is infinite. So many different ways that he blesses that it can't be articulated. Otherwise, we'd get a formula and we'd all have the pattern and, no, it's infinite. Connect with the king 
and let his authority and love flow through you as you touch and bless those that are around you. So I love that about the Lord Jesus. It's, it's so incredible. So I got 10 Bible verses that I'm gonna conclude with on children. Children. Psalm 127, verses three through five. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Hear that? They're heritage, they're a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the, are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gates. Dad and the boys, yeah, powerful team. Second, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Isaiah 54, 13. Here Isaiah is, is, is talking about, man, when the Lord teaches our kids, he will bring peace. You're saying, hmm, my kid's got ADD. Lord, teach my child, we need peace in this house. Sometimes kids can have so much energy, they can be very rambunctious. Others can be extremely compliant. Lord, bring your peace as you teach our kids. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so was Jeremiah's experience in chapter one, five. Mm. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. We understand the preexistence of Christ, that Christ was with the Father from the beginning. Do you realize that in, in the Father, you predated your birth? You were in his heart before creation. He knew you, he loved you, and he said, let there be Debbie. And there was Debbie. And I'm so glad he said that, indeed. Fourth verse from Matthew 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling a child, he put him in the middle of them and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So this is a repeat. This is Matthew's version of We've got to be like children to enter into the kingdom. And it's in the context that the disciples are wanting to know who's, who's head honcho, who's number one, who's, who's the greatest in the kingdom. Is it me, Peter, John? Who, who's, who's number one? And he takes a child and puts it in the child, in the very center of them. Number five, Third John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Isn't that the heart of every parent? Man, to know that your children are walking with the Lord, they're walking in the light, they're walking in the truth, they're walking in his love. There's nothing quite like that. Number six, but Jesus calling to them saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for such belongs the kingdom of God. Luke's version of what we've just looked at this morning through Mark. Number eight, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see their face, always see the face of my Father 
who is in heaven. I love that. I've got a, I've got a book by Michael Van Vleiman that's got pictures of angels. And on one of them, he's got the little boy by his bedside. He's probably two and a half, three years old. And there off to the side is the, his angel that's just watching over him. And to realize that every one of us, and especially today as we're focusing on children, realizing that every child has an angel that has been assigned to them. And it's like, we need to, we need to be mindful of that. And we need to be looking for how they're affecting our kids in healthy ways. Lord, thank you for your angelic support. Number nine, fathers do not provoke your children to anger. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4. Oh man, how wonderful that is. Do you need that verse? I, I know I needed that verse. I probably still need it, but it's not so much with my kids or my grandkids, but it might be with you. <laughs> Don't want to provoke you to anger, but it's like, oh. And I, I, I've shared the story of one time when my son was misbehaving in worship, and at least from my, my judgment, I was seeing him as being a, a hindrance to worship, and I thought when he gets home, he's going to meet the wrath of dad. And as I was worshiping and as he was doing more of this little stuff, I thought, oh, I'm gonna kill him. And in the middle of that, the Lord spoke to me so clearly and he says, is that the way I, is that the way I treat you? And it just broke me, just broke me completely. I thought, no, you have never taught me that way. I deserve worse than what I was gonna give my son, but you've never given anything like that. That's not how you, that's not how you relate to me. Thank you, Lord. It's like, okay, thank you, Lord. So Christopher's life was spared. <laughs> and I just received a word of correction and I didn't have to deal with the consequences of, of harming my son. <laughs> the last one. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who trust in me to lose faith, it would be better for that person to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around the neck. These last two are kind of the negative. Don't provoke the children to anger and don't cause an offense to a little one. Realize that we have to be careful what we say around the little ones. I've heard so many stories in counseling of church kids hurt by elders within the church who said things about their dad if they were the preacher's kid or someone else and, and it just wounded them severely. It's like, oh, we gotta be careful around the kids. We gotta care for them the way Jesus would care for them. We've gotta make them a priority and not an afterthought. One of the things that I still fall into the trap every time we're talking about how can, we, how can we meet a need for this in the body of Christ? And we think, well, let's start something on Tuesday nights. We'll have a, 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 a gathering Tuesday nights and we'll do this and all this. And then all of a sudden it comes up, what about childcare? Are we gonna offer childcare? And it's like, it doesn't even register in my mind until somebody brings it up. 
It's like, Lord, we've got to, we've got to get reoriented of making the children more of a priority in the kingdom than what we've done in the past. I hope that's your heart. I know that's my heart. I, I need that. Because the children are the love of the father. The father loves his kids. He wants lots of them. And so let's, uh, let's take this word to heart today. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.